This Three Beards Media podcast is sponsored by Revelton Distilling Company. When Rob and Christy Taylor started following the Kentucky Bourbon Trail in 2012, they fell in love with not only bourbon, but the entire distilling process. Just eight short years later, in 2020, Revelton Distilling Company was opened, offering an entire family of products, including vodka, gin, whiskey, and Revelton Shine. Come visit the tasting room at 1400 West Clay Street in Osceola, Iowa, where you can sample one of their many spirits, including four gold medal winners. Can't make it to Osceola today? Not a problem, as you can pick some up at your local Hy-Vee or Fairway grocery stores. Follow Revelton Distilling on Twitter or Instagram at ReveltonDC or their website www.reveltondistilling.com. This Three Beards Media podcast may contain mature themes, and if you're not down with that, we got three words for you. Like the podcast. Nailed it! Would you like to sample some of my nuts? Welcome to yet again another edition of Old Man Strength, a podcast of Three Beards Media and brought to you by Revelton Distilling Company. I am Tim Johnson, joined as always by Chris Shipley. Chris, how are we doing this evening? Do you hear the peace and quiet in my house? <laughs> all the kids are moved out. It's just me and my wife. It's it's glorious bliss right now. Yeah, I was going to say, at some point you might start to, to miss a little bit of that commotion, a little bit of that noise, but you're still in that that phase right now where it's it's beautiful silence right it it won't take very long and then i'll start missing everybody but for now i'll 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 take what i can get i uh i was down i was down in in iowa last week last weekend was was my parents 50th wedding anniversary and my folks have nine grandkids so there were 16 people in total in their house and i asked you know should we do this somewhere else and mom said no i love the chaos and i love the sound of the quiet when everyone leaves uh, and it absolutely was that because I was staying at their place and it was an absolute madhouse up until uh, the very end. We spent about 12 hours together, which is about 10 hours more than I would have <laughs> done, but it was all good. It was a lot of fun. Well, I'm sure I'm sure when you become a grandparent, it'll be a lot easier because you can kind of send them off when you're done. You can just have the fun and and things like that. So and I'm sure our guests can tell us all about that. So. Yeah, absolutely. Why don't we go ahead and, and jump right in? Why don't you go ahead and introduce who our guest is this evening? Yeah, so we are uh, super excited uh, to have Coach Bill Fennelly, uh, women's uh, Iowa State uh, basketball coach on and uh, resident Cardinals fan and uh, and and grandpa. So uh, Coach Fennelly, thank you so much for taking time to come on Old Man Strength with Tim and I. Oh, thank you guys for having me. Looking forward to it. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I got to start off. I got to tell you, I work with one of your former players, uh, Brittany Lang. Uh, she told me to tell you hi. Uh, she started uh, at the company that I work at about uh, a month ago and sits right next to me. So uh, that's the, 
kind of a small world. So, yeah, yeah athletics does that. Uh, yeah, Britt's a really, really good person. Uh, she came here and uh, her, so had some injuries that probably prevented her from contributing off the courts, became a student coach, got into coaching and and obviously she got smart and got out and got into a different line of work (laughs) got out of coaching you know before it it stressed her out too bad so but no it's great to have her back in in central Iowa and look forward to seeing her at some games yeah uh, she's uh, apparently recovering from an Achilles injury right now so apparently after all that time working in an office she somehow ruined her Achilles so imagine that (laughs) Well, so speaking of coaching, uh, coach, you've been with Iowa State now, 1995. Is that correct? Yes, this is my 28th year at Iowa State. Yes, that is a, a completely. I mean, at this point, a seemingly unheard of tenure. Certainly, one of the elder states in, in the Big Twelve. Um, what is it about Iowa State that's made you stick around for 28 years? You know, it, it's been such a, a great place in a lot of ways. It started with, I'm originally from Davenport, Iowa. Uh, my wife's from Ruthven, Iowa, home of Lauren Meyer. Uh, so it, that's the reason we ended up here in the first place. And it's just, it's evolved into a situation where it was a great fit for my family. Uh, we moved here. Our boys were fifth and first grade. Uh, so being in Iowa, raising them here, raising them close to family, uh, I thought the vision uh, of Iowa State when I I was I've been here so long I was here the last year of the Big Eight was my first year. Wow. Uh, Gene Smith was our athletic director. Uh, Dr. Jiski was our president, and they had a great vision for what they wanted the athletic department to do and and be a part of the university in a positive way. And uh, it's just kind of worked out. I've uh, you know I've seen a lot of changes, uh, obviously personnel wise and a lot of other things, but it's been a great place to, to live and to work and, uh, you know, to be able to do it at home and in front of family and friends has been a true blessing. Yeah. You're on your, your third athletic director. You're what fifth president, I think of your tenure, something like that. You, you've something seen, like you've seen quite a bit of, of change over that time. Uh, you've definitely been, uh, one of, of, the grounding forces, I think, of that athletic department. We've we've had the pleasure of talking with, you know, Coach McCarney, talking with John Walters. A lot of people very close, and and we even talked with with uh, with Jamie Pollard, and uh, they all kind of bring you up as is that one example of what a the consistent example of Iowa State athletics over that time. Yeah, I've been really lucky. Yeah, you know, it's very nice, you guys. I, I get elder statesman dean. No one just says you're the old guy (laughs) (laughs) to my face anyway. Um, But like, yeah, you know, TJ, the current men's basketball coach tells you how old I am. He's my seventh men's basketball coach. And he's he's married to one of my former players. (laughs) That that kind of puts it in. But, you know, I I think guys, I've been really lucky, um, you know, in women's basketball, you know, I've learned to stay in my lane. There's certain things that, that we can do. There's certain things we can't do. Um, but every men's basketball coach, the football coaches have been so good to me uh, and to our program. Um, you know, it started with Coach McCarney. He was still one of my dearest friends. I text with him all the time. Um, all the coaches. And, and right now, I, I honestly believe, and, and, you know, every time you hear a coach say, well, I, 
I'm going to tell you something and this is going to be the truth or honestly, sometimes they don't mean it. Um, but I've never seen us in a better situation from the administration down. Dr. Winterstein, Jamie Pollard, uh, you got Matt Campbell, you got TJ, you got Kevin Dresser, uh, Christy Johnson. I mean, we're really in a good spot. And, and I think you need the right people that embrace what Iowa State's about. This is a great place, but we have some limitations and it's not the best place for everyone. So you really have to identify coaches and staffs and the kind of young people you can recruit. And, and then luckily we, the fan base is stuck with us um, in all sports. And hopefully now they're enjoying the success of a lot of sports. And certainly that starts on Saturday again, uh, Saturday afternoon with football starting. It's, it's an exciting time of year to when the fall hits and football Saturdays come, it, it makes you excited to, to be on a college campus. Well, you talk about the you know the resurgence in in the athletic department being in the in the spot that it is, but it feels like that you have gotten a, a pretty big uh, surgence of, of success here lately, and and you know the the expectations are fairly high for this season. You know what what has kind of helped? Uh, it seems like a lot of you know coaches might start to phase out, but you you seem to be as strong as ever. So what do you attribute that to? Well, you know, I, I think a couple of things. Um, number one, my staff's done an amazing job. Uh, I've had a staff that's been with me for a while. Um, you know, we have a good mix uh, of experience and youth. And, and I think the staff's done a good job of identifying the kind of people that fit our university, fit our program. Um, the administration, like I said, has been ultra supportive. And, and I think there's, you know, you, you have a great sense of uh, obligation. Uh, you know, I, I, I always tell Jamie, um, when I know that I'm done, I'm going to drive from, I live North Ames, North of Vinker golf course. And I tell him, I'm like, I'm going to drive to work. And instead of turning right and coming to suit up to the office, I'm going to go to the Jake and give you my keys. And he, he always jokes with me and says, can you at least call me on the way? So I'm ready. Um, <laughs> but it's just, I, I think, and there's a lot of it too. Like recruiting is such a volatile thing. And I'm sure we could sit here and, talk all night about it. And, and some people are recruiting geeks and some people don't care. Uh, they just want to see the kind of kids, but our recruiting is, is done. We've done really well. We, we've gotten the right kind of kids and, and in basketball, you can, you hit on three or four kids. You can really turn, turn things. And in, and in the women's game, um, you know, our kids don't go early to the pros. So if you get the right kid, you know, and Ashley Jones and Emily Ryan and Lexi Donarski, you know, they're probably going to be around for a while. So that sets the tone of what's going to go on in your building um, and how you want your program to grow. When you first got here back in, in 95, uh, Iowa State women's basketball was not necessarily a place known for for success, certainly not in, in the, the previous two decades before you, you coming here. Uh, attendance was not, you know, these huge numbers that are, that it is now. And it's an incredible, amazing number. Some of the best attendance in the entire country. Uh, but you talk about kind of building that, that program in, in the last 28 years. I mean, it's a perennial NCAA, uh, team pretty much year in, year out. You've got a squad that's competing. Uh, you've done really well. What did it, what did it take when you first got here to kind of assess what needed to be done? Yeah, Tim, that's a great question. I, you know, I think um, I'm sitting in my office and there's, I have a, 
the very first box score uh, of the very first game we coached here is it's right as I leave my office every day. So I see it every time I leave my office and at the bottom of the box score, it has attendance and it's 310. Uh, and, and I think that number is accurate because I think my wife and I thank everyone in person. <laughs> um, but I, I think it was just, you know, it's, it, I grew up um, in Eastern Iowa. My father was in local politics. So I think I learned like a grassroots, you know, approach to get one, get them to bring a friend. It's just a whole different thing. And for us, our marketing plan was our kids were fifth and first grade. So we did fellows elementary school. So hit them and we hit the retirement communities. So our fan base was people that were really jacked up at 630 and people that were ready to go to sleep. <laughs> so we, had to, we had to figure out how to do that. And, and, and I think the other thing, and it goes back to what you guys started with is it, it really started with the Dan McCarney, um, coach Floyd, um, who was our men's coach at the time who really helped, you know, when they said things, it gave us a little bit of credibility and we live in a state of Iowa that, has always had a lot of affinity for girls high school sports. I think we just had like our 95th girls state basketball tournament. So it wasn't something that was completely out of the box. Um, and for us, when I first got here, um, people love basketball. Uh, Iowa State basketball. I was not here with Coach Orr, not quite that old. Um, <laughs> but that's kind of how it got started. And you just kind of grew it one day at a time, one fan at a time. And to the point now where we've, we've got a real consistent thing going and uh, we've been in the top five in the country, I think 15 years in a row, something like that. So it's, it's been, it's been a lot of fun, a lot of fun. Some people have said that, that as long as you've been coaching and so on, you've seen so much, you know, almost what, 20, 25 years. Have those kids changed over time? Or, or have you had to adapt or is it basically fundamentally the same thing? You're looking at those kids and, and teaching them the same way. You know, that's a great question. That, that could probably take all night and a couple, couple stronger beverages than I have in my hand right now. But, uh, <laughs> I mean, uh, we can hook you up with some yeah. Revelton. And, and, uh, <laughs> I, I, that's a good thing. Um, especially once the season starts, I'm going to need some, um, but, you know, I, we'll get I, your I, address I, later, coach. I'll send you a bottle. There you go. Um, no, I, kids are different. Obviously, um, the world's different. Um, social media has completely changed a lot of things. Uh, your approach has got to be different. Um, obviously we, we, but you still want to go back to the foundation of what made you successful there are certain things that you expect of your players. Um, I'm not someone who thinks old school is necessarily bad school. I think there are some things that, you know, accountability, responsibility, discipline, um, some of those things I, I think kids really want and need, but you need to be consistent. You need to be fair. I do think guys, one of the things that has changed is the, the modern day player, I think really wants to know why you're doing something, you know, players that, you know, when I first started here, they'd be upset. They do whatever you said, they'd go back to their dorm or apartment and complain. And 
you know, stress out. But now it's like, okay, this is why we're doing it. There's a, there's a method to this. And, and I think they want to see why you're doing it. What, you know, all this talk about culture and trust the process and all these things, young people really want to know. And, and they're starting, you know, with the AU stuff. And uh, there's a lot of, there's a lot of noise that they're hearing through the recruiting process. And, but at the end of the day, it's still You have to have a foundational belief in anything you do in life. And you got to try and find those kind of kids that embrace that. And they're harder to find. Um, but you just got to do the work and do the due diligence. And um, the ones that, that stick out really stick out and you're, you're blessed to have them. You go, go ahead, ahead Tim. No, you, you mentioned AAU. I've always wondered, has that, I mean, the kids get a lot of, a lot more playing time. They get a lot more exposure, but then I think there's some bad things to the side of AAU as well. Do, do you think that's detrimental or helpful overall uh, for those kids? You know, I, I think it's, 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 for me, it's, it's usually about um, the kid. Some kids, I think it, you really benefit from it. You're right. There's, there's the exposure piece. Um, there's a high level of competition. Um, you know, I think that in some cases they're a little more ready to come to college than if they're playing in a, in a high school that, you know, isn't very good or they're the star or whatever. But I do think the thing that, that I get concerned about is they play too much. Um, they, they play, they, some of these AU teams play in practice more than we do. Um, and I, I think that there is a, you worry about burnout. Um, it's at what point do they just say, whether it's a, a mental thing, you know, where they just, I'm, I'm done with it physically. Um, and I'm someone that I I've always liked kids to play a lot of sports. I'm not a specializer. Um, like my grandson, Will's eight. And we always talk, give him a ball and let him play. You know, he plays football, he plays basketball, he plays baseball, he plays golf. And I think that's a good thing. Um, and I think that's one of the things that has probably created some angst with the AU stuff is the idea that, you know, you're 10 or 11 and you got to decide what sport you're going to play. Um, and the number of kids that go on to play in college is minimal. The number of kids that go become a pro is, is infinitesimally small. So I, I just worry about that. And I think that hopefully young people and their parents can make decisions as best for their family. But uh, I do worry about the, the, the overuse and maybe the, the, some of the things they're missing with their friends in high school that, you know, go play another sport, go play volleyball, you know, go do something else and be a part of the fabric of your, of your school. Don't get too consumed about what's next. Yeah, I think that's that's a big thing that we've heard from a few other athletes that we've talked to. When we had Marcus Pfizer on, he talked about how his first love was actually football. Um, and, you know, eventually he did specialize and he was, you know, traveling teams and, and all of that. But I think a lot of those, some of those players wish they would have done even more. You know, it's kind of a regret. And I think some of them even brought up the, the point that if you're just focused on the same sport, uh, your injury risk seems to go up tremendously because you're not exercising your body in different ways. You're just punishing it in the exact same way over and over and over again. Yeah, no, that's true. And actually there's, I have this, an article that's sitting on my desk 
Uh, James Andrews, the famous orthopedic surgeon, just wrote an article that he thinks young people should literally take two months off. And, and during that time, you know, if you're a basketball player, you shouldn't be shooting, lifting. It should be flexibility, you know, things that allow your body, A, to heal and to build, as you mentioned, other body parts. Um, but, you know, that's right now, that just doesn't happen. Um, I think it's hard for people to put their mind around that. But hopefully, as we all learn, uh, uh, some of that stuff will get better. Yeah, for sure. What um, you talked about fall season coming up, basketball starts mid-November, but you guys start practicing before that. What what's your what's your summers look like for preparation, and then what you know what's your summer look like for for non-coach Bill Fennelly, and and what are you doing there? Yeah, summertime for us is um, our kids are usually done early May. Um, that's probably from a coaching standpoint. Even though the transfer portals kind of changed that, um, <laughs> that used to be the slow time, um, you know. And then we do a lot of, you know, the cycle and tailgate tours and things like that. July is recruiting time. Uh, we're on the road a lot in July. Uh, our kids are usually here mid June to early August for summer workouts, um, and then you know they'll get a break in August, and then we're right back at it. So uh, there's limitations on. How many hours we get uh, in a week? Uh, our strength coach gets so many. We probably don't do as much as a lot of people in the summer. It's a long season. And we have very highly self-motivated kids. So they're going to do it on their own anyway. Uh, but that's kind of, you know, our summer. And then once the fall starts, again, ease into it. And then we'll start official practice September 26th and open the season November 7th. So with everything kicking off this weekend, I'm sure even though you don't have that going on, just with, with the football game this weekend, I'm sure the athletic department uh, is quite a buzz right now. Uh, your fellow former Toledo coach actually is probably <laughs> uh, quite busy. Um, what, what is the energy like right now? You know, students back on campus, you said, but it's gotta be just, uh, uh, just insane now. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, and, and I think it's, it, it really is one of the most exciting times of the year. The weather's great football starting the energy and aims. I'm one of those people that, you know, there's people that I know friends of mine, Oh, the students are back. It takes us now. 12 minutes to drive across <laughs> instead of seven and a half minutes. Um, but I love it. I love the energy and the athletic department. I mean, we've started, you know, with track and soccer and volleyball and certainly, you know, with, with football starting, uh, everyone's really excited. Um, you know, coach Campbell's created a, a, a program that, that brings a lot of energy, uh, a lot of enthusiasm, um, and a lot of notoriety with our university. I mean, you have 60,000 eyeballs uh, in the stands and get on TV and all those kinds of things. So it's, it's, a, it's a lot of fun. I love football. I, I've, I've missed one home game since I've been at Iowa State, and that's when one of my former assistants, so I almost fired her on the, 
on the day got married during the football season. <laughs> she almost, <laughs> she almost <laughs> lost her job, but <laughs> like, I know. Whatever I have a friend from I'm Iowa like, State that gets married. Like that. I, I had a friend get married on the day of the Iowa Iowa State game. Oh no. And no, I thought I was like, that. I can't believe yeah, you got everyone sitting in the church with their phones. Exactly. That's right, what I was yeah. gonna say. You, you saw then, the globe, a bunch of phones. And then you got all the guys in one corner finding the one little TV yep. that everyone's yeah. watching. Oh yeah, I've been there. <laughs> Not any fun. Not any fun. Have you walked across the new bridge yet, Coach? That's, I have it, not. That's the that's that's the big thing in our around that's, here now. You know, that, hey, that's, hey, that is our. You know, if they build it, you will come, right? Uh, <laughs> right. Um, actually, Friday night, um, you know, we moved all the RV people over there. It's going to be really cool, I think. So Jamie and TJ and I are going to drive around Friday, greet the people, thank them for coming, and then I'll get to walk the bridge for the first time. But it, it's really cool. I think it's just – it speaks to the vision – uh, that Jamie has one of the things that I, that Jamie always told us was we can't change the weather. We can't change the demographics population. So what do we change? And one of the things you change is facilities and infrastructure. Mm -hmm. And if you look at all the stuff that's happened, um, you know, we used to practice in state gym and the Forker building and yeah, you know, I, and, yeah I remember and, that. And now, and now you have, facilities and and i think it, it's not just for the athletic department it you know it's going to be a great way for people to enter our university <clears throat> our community um it's going to be the start of a lot of other great things that are happening so um it's kind of funny how it's you know created its life of itself and <laughs> the bridge yeah. kind of thing and um but i think that's what makes it fun uh and i hope that the the people in the rv lots really embrace it enjoy it i think it's it's functional. It's going to add some safety. It's going to add a great way to enter the university. Uh, again, it's the start of a lot of great things that I think the administration and university have planned for other ideas. So uh, it's going to be fun. I, I'm looking forward to actually seeing it in operation with all the activity on Friday and Saturday. Yeah, that'll be neat. I I mean, it, the, the facilities are just crazy. I mean, I went there when they opened up the rec center I think it was a sophomore when they opened up the rec center and I thought that was pretty damn fancy at the time. So, yeah. and now that's, I mean, that's probably third tier at this point. Yeah. It doesn't get used a whole lot. And, uh, but yeah, that's, that's the thing, you know, it, it's, it's a, you know, it's an arms race kind of thing. That's and when we talk about recruiting, you know, you, you kids want to see, there is a wow factor involved in, and, and not, not just recruiting, athletes, but recruiting students, um, recruiting doctors and, you know, high level professionals who want to come to Ames and stay in Ames um, to make our community better, uh, to make it a better place to live and work and, and play. So it's, it's, it all goes together. It's not just about seven Saturdays uh, at the football stadium. It's a, it's a lot of work and a lot of things have to be done. And luckily I think we have an AD and a president that that have a vision and and they're they're looking forward to to trying some things and I think it's going to be I think it's going to be really cool. 
Yeah. I mean, there's been, uh, you mentioned the wow factor, you mentioned state gym. I think that had a wow factor, but it wasn't the positive. Wow. Um, <laughs> I remember playing basketball there on Sundays in college. I can't believe uh, your girls didn't roll more ankles in practice. Yeah. We'd have people jogging up above and then it'd be cold. Maybe, you know, they we'd be practicing in sweatshirts and you know, the, the, the windows, the windows didn't close and we didn't have a locker room. And, you know, it, I sound like my dad, you know, Walked uphill to school, you know, three right. miles both ways. And my dad lived across the street from where he went to school. But, um, but it was, it's just, it's a great story. And it, it shows um, the, the, the things that have had to be done um, to be successful. And fortunately, we, we've done a lot of those things. Yeah, you know, I, I live up here in Minneapolis. And I can tell you, the University of Minnesota, is, it's taken them a long time to understand uh, the importance of of facilities. I used to work with a guy that had just got done being the manager of the men's basketball team, and he used to get called in because guys were trying to shoot hoops in the dark because no one was there to even get lights on for them. Um, and that wasn't that long ago. So I think it right. speaks volumes that that a place like Ames, Iowa, is spending so much time to try to get that, uh, and isn't overlooking it like some of these other big time programs are. Yeah, no, we've been very lucky. And I do, I, like I said, I think that when you know you have certain limitations, um, we are in central Iowa and, and there's not some of the amenities. So you got to go, you got to figure it out and, and provide. If you think you're just going to say, we got a football game at one o'clock Saturday, we'll see you there. It doesn't work. I mean, people want to be entertained. They, they want to be entertained from start to finish, from the time they came to the game, to the tailgating, to the game. What happens between the quarters? What happens at halftime? Um, after the game, you know, access, you know, how do I get in and out of the parking lots? And the logistics of it is is way above my pay grade. I know that. But it's just something that you, you like, we've added, you know, the suites. And we added Johnny's at Hilton. And the, the, you, you have to do these kinds of things. Uh, otherwise, you know, why wouldn't you just sit your butt on the couch and, get some good Revelton and have two TVs going and, and watch promo. Games. you know, what, we'll what, cut what, that. We'll cut that out. Well, that's a promo. <laughs> you know? So it's like, wh where do you, where do you do that? And um, luckily we, we just keep looking at ways to get that done because for us, that has been the key thing is what Jamie and, and the university has done from a facilities and game day experience for the, for the people who show up and, pay really good money to come watch uh, these, these uh, kids play. I think it's, it's a testament to, to the fan base too, in that it's, it really is 50, 50. There's been a lot of times where the fan bases have shown up and supported teams that, that were struggling or whatever in anticipation of being rewarded down the road for, you know, great seasons and great memories, whether it's uh you know, football, basketball, women's basketball, or what have you. I mean, uh, I can, I can be honest with you that a, I, I, I went to Iowa state from 1989 to 94, five, something. It was a lot. It was more than the average coach. We'll just put it that way. But uh, I couldn't even tell you who the women's basketball coach was before you. Uh, it, it was never on my radar. And <clears throat> probably in the last four or five years is when I've really started to watch and sit down and watch games. I've paid attention and watched highlights and, and, you know, watch tournament games or whatever, but I find myself now sitting 
and watching regular season women's basketball games because it's that exciting and those kids have me that engaged. Yeah, and you're right. I, I think that's a good, a great point about the fan base because I think, you know, it's such a unique fan base. I think that the emotional attachment they have to our teams is is unique. And you're right. There's a lot of times people showed up and and our teams weren't very good, but they showed up and they didn't, you know, eat their own and try and get coaches fired and boo the players and, and and quit showing up. I mean, they just said, Hey, we're here with you and we're going to celebrate when this thing gets turned. And I think you've seen that in a lot of our sports and certainly, excuse me, what Matt's done in football has been the thing that everyone notices the most. And I think it was only, I mean, he's only, only been here six, seven years and, you know, we're selling out and we're good at home. And I think before he got here, we were in the upper 30,000 range and now we're going to be, you know, 60 plus again. So it's been, it's been something. And I will tell you guys, the coaches do not take that for granted. The players don't. Um, but I think there is an obligation we all feel to say, hey, we, we owe the fans. We do. And we talk about it all the time with our players that you have the most unique fan base in the country and the best way to show your appreciation, go out, compete, play right, play hard, and give them something to cheer about and get them back in their car and have them smiling when they drive home. So I want to... I want to switch gears here just a little bit. Uh, this is old man strength. Uh, Chris and I talk a lot about family. You mentioned your family, but uh, you've got uh, you've got some coaches that you raised there too. Uh, what what was it like seeing them follow in your footsteps and and even get to coach alongside your son? Yeah, um, we have two sons. Billy is is uh, Iowa State graduate. Got his master's from Iowa State. Um, he, I knew all along he wanted to be a coach. Um, he just, he was with me all the time. I joke, he learned to count on a scoreboard. Um, <laughs> and he learned to count by threes. He tells people that. <laughs> uh, but it was just, you know, it's just something that was in his blood. Um, and he left here and he worked for uh, Brenda Freeze at Maryland. He worked for Joe McCune at Northwestern. So he got great experience. And then we were lucky enough to have him back here. He coordinates our recruiting, and I think he's done a phenomenal job. Uh, he's married to Lindsey Matters Fenley, one of my former players. And then our other son, Stephen, uh, had been coaching, uh, was at Cal State Fullerton, Idaho, had a great experience at Northern Iowa, and just got out of the profession, and now he's in, corp- in the corporate world. Um, I-, I really thought they were smarter than that. <laughs> I-, I did not tell them they couldn't be coaches. I, I, I tried to tell them that maybe it wasn't the best career choice, but um, they love it. And, and having Billy here has been fun. Because, uh, as, as, I mean, we all have, you know, whatever jobs we have, we miss stuff with our families that you can't get back. And as a coach, you know, there's things I missed. And, and um, it bothers me a lot. Um, uh, but I, I can't get him back, but I get to see him every day and, and Stephen just moved to Ankeny. So we're lucky. We have four grandkids and two live in Ames and two live in Ankeny. So uh, we're really lucky that our family is still connected and it's been a lot of fun. Well, coach, I worked uh, for years with my dad 
and wouldn't trade it in the for the world a lot of good experiences but i would be remiss if i didn't say that there was a lot of times that dad and i didn't butt heads over ideas or strategies or whatever so you can be honest you you typically overrule him right because you're the boss that's 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 at least that's the term that i always got yeah when i was working with my dad was well you know that's a nice idea but we're going to do it my way yeah, usually what happens in my family is, is is we disagree, not a lot, but more than probably we should, and then and then mom uh, breaks the tie. <laughs> That's what I was just about to ask. Yeah, how she, many times? She, she's the boss. <laughs> the, first, the first lady uh, usually uh, yeah. is the tiebreaker, <laughs> and I usually don't get that one. You usually don't get that one. No, yeah, not usually. No. Yeah, I wondered. I if I were Billy, I think I'd I'd use the thread I'm telling mom probably more often than <laughs> a, lot, a lot of text messages between him and mom. <laughs> so so what is her what what has been her opinion of watching uh her sons get into coaching? I think she, she likes it. I I think she likes it. I think she likes um it's it's provided a really good situation for us. You're exposed to a lot of really good people. You have some phenomenal life experiences. Um, I do think she, she's she's happy that both the boys, uh, at least the last five six years, were close to home. Like when Stephen was in Idaho, she didn't like it a whole lot, <laughs> um, but it, I think she enjoyed it. And that sports is such a big part of our life, um, not just basketball. Um, it, it's just kind of what we've all done, and it's kind of bonded our family uh, in a, in a very unique and special way. And it's been a lot of fun. And it, you've got to, to, to be able to be close to the grandkids and things like that too. I know, uh, you've talked quite a bit about that. Um, but that's gotta be nice too, to be able to be so close to them, especially now that, uh, Steven's moved to, to Ankeny and is close by. Yeah, no, it's cool. I mean, we're, we're so lucky guys. Cause you know, I talked to friends of mine that, Oh, I see my grandkids at Christmas or, you know, they live in Portland or they live in Washington, D.C. Um, I mean, literally, there isn't a day that goes by that don't, we don't see one, if not all four of them. Um, and we don't take that for granted. Um, and now it's fun because they're growing up and they're into all their activities and um, sports. And my, my granddaughter, Callie's into dance. I'm still trying to figure that one out. I'm the whole dance thing. I don't, I don't get much, but, but they, but they, but it's fun. And it, it's, it's kind of what we do, you know, and, and uh, they're real involved in, uh, if you come to one of our practices, you're going to see my grandkids. Um, you're going to see my ops coach Carp. Uh, he's got two kids. My strength coach has one. We got little guys running around everywhere. So um, it's just what we're about and um, it makes it a lot of fun. And, and I think it's, it's really good too, guys, that my, my grandkids are around our players. They get to see very mature, motivated, smart, talented, young college athletes. And I think that's a good thing. And for my boys, it was really good because we didn't have daughters, but they could see very successful females. Um, so it was a really good thing. Um, and, and we've been really, really lucky and 
it's been a fun ride. And, and we're just so lucky we got to do it in, in this state and in and, and, and Ames. And um, I think because, you know, we've lost three of the three of our four grandparents. I, I lost my father and my wife lost both their parents. But we had a good run with them and our kids got to be around them, their aunts, their uncles. And, and those are things that I know it sounds corny, whatever, but it's a big deal to us. Um, and it's probably what's rooted us um, in Ames for, for 28 years. Well, Coach, we got to take a break here, get a, a word from our sponsor. But when, when we come back, I want to chat a little bit about uh, your road up to becoming a coach. You're, you're growing up in eastern Iowa. Learn a little bit more about uh, that, because I think that probably informs a lot of who you are today, for sure. So we're going to go ahead and, and get a quick word from Revelton Distilling Company. Please, once again, go ahead and check them out at 1400 West Clay Street in Osceola, Iowa, and we will be back here in a second. Summer is winding down and fall is just around the corner. August can be a busy time getting ready for upcoming fall events, but be sure to take those final summer Saturdays and treat yourself to an evening of music and spirits by visiting Revelton Distilling Company at 1400 West Clay Street in Osceola, Iowa. They have a lineup of talented musicians each Saturday evening from 4 to 7 p.m. to help you enjoy those final summer days. Along with that, Take time to sample some of their great spirits like their honey whiskey or their award-winning mulberry gin. Try one of their signature drinks like their blackberry bramble while you are there. Check out their schedule for music guests on their Instagram page or Twitter account at DC. Finally, be sure to join in celebrating with all the crew from Three Beards Media along with cast members from Bitter Units, Old Man Strength, and WS Twin Warriors for their official launch party on Friday, September 2nd at 6.30 p.m. at Revelton's Tasting Room. Once again, we are joined with Iowa State women's head basketball coach, Bill Fennelly. Coach, for the break, I teased a little bit. I wanted to learn a little bit more about, you know, what got you to where you are growing up in, in eastern Iowa, Davenport, you said, right? Yes, sir. Excellent. I, uh, uh, I'm from Eastern Iowa, kind of halfway between Davenport and that other city to the west of there. We're not going to name, mm-hmm. uh, about halfway in between. Um, but I understand kind of what, what that part of the state and, and just kind of the ethos, um, what, you mentioned your dad was, was in politics. What do you think kind of that part, you know, contributed to, to what you love doing? Yeah, I, I, when I grew up, I grew up in Eastern Iowa. I'm the oldest of four kids. Um, and my dad ran a gas station his whole life. Um, hard work, no excuse, sick, whatever. You go do your job. You serve people. You you provide something that they need. Um, and then he got into local politics, uh, which he really enjoyed. He, he liked that part of it. So I think, you know, what we learned as kids was, you know, you show up, you do an honest day's work, you're appreciative of people, uh, you try and help people, uh, but but you do something that you're passionate about. And, you know, I'm, I'm the only child in my family went to college. Uh, both my brothers and my sister are ultra successful in their own ventures. Um, but I went to college and I, was, I thought I was going to be a lawyer. That was my 
that was my deal. <laughs> um, and uh, I got out of college and literally was on my way to law school. And I called my dad and I said, dad, I'm, I'm not going. And that was the reaction I got dead. Silent. <laughs> <laughs> and, and he goes, well, what are you going to do? And I said, I'm going to be a basketball coach. And as God is my witness, he said, so you're going to put your paycheck in the mouth of an 18 year old kid. And I said, yes, sir. He said, you better be damn good at it. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what he said. Um, and, and it just, it just kind of grew from there. He and my mom were phenomenal parents, uh, just truly blessed uh, and, and love sports, uh, love competition. Uh, you know, I was a very average, average, average athlete, but loved to compete. Uh, and I was surrounded by a lot of good people. So uh, it, it, it was fun to, to grow up in there in Eastern Iowa and, you know, have the toughness of a little river rat in me. And uh, <laughs> it, it, it was a great place to grow up. So instead of arguing cases in front of a judge, you're just arguing calls in front of a ref. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and, I, probably, and, get, probably, and probably not good at either one of them. <laughs> I was just going to say, you're probably not getting the calls in. No. Or then, or no, now. That probably, no, it, it hadn't gone really well. So I'm a little more calm than I used to be with the officials, but sometimes my uh, Irish temper uh, got the best of me, but I'm, I'm, I'm better now than I used to be. Well, I still, I still think uh, based off of some of the coaches we've had in various sports over the years, uh, your temper is pretty mild by, by comparison. Yeah. I've, I've seen a few that, uh, yeah, it, it gets a little, yeah, it's it, not Larry Eustachy level. No, at all. <laughs> no, not, not like coach, you know, <laughs> he, he, he was wound up pretty tight most of the time. And that's what, probably why he was so good, but he got after it. Yeah, he did. Uh, this is, this is kind of where, uh, the podcasts kind of go off crazy is we do certain things happen during the day and it makes me think of questions and, and I'll, my younger, or my daughter, Caitlin, uh, graduated from Iowa state. She just started her teaching career today or this week. And, um, we had a conversation today. Where's she teaching? Uh, first grade. So. Where at? Uh, yeah, in Des Moines at Oak Park Elementary School. Good. Yeah, so, yeah. Ashley Jones is doing her student teaching right now. So. Oh yeah. She wants to be in elementary school. That we well, need. We need them. So tell your do. daughter, thank you. I, I will. have grandkids. Thank you. <laughs> right. <laughs> we need young and people she, uh, to stick their nose in there and right and, and teach those young people. She, uh, she's always been the model kid, uh, and she's always. I've never had to to worry about her. And we had a conversation today about how much of a detriment that was for her sometimes because she always felt sometimes felt like, well, I was always doing what the what the right thing was and and you never checked on me. And and she doesn't say it badly. She's just saying, you know, I I sometimes feel like I've I put so much pressure on myself to be the perfect kid. And everything she said to me resonated with me and how my dad was the same way with me. My dad would always uh, he would never, he'd always know, I, I know you're going to do the right thing. And I know that you're, you know, you're on top of things. So I'm going to, I'm not going to worry about you because I've got the other kids I have to worry about and so on and so on. And I, and I wonder if you find yourself doing that sometimes too, where you see a lot of yourself in, in, in your boys or, or vice versa and how you <clears throat> maybe curb that or, or help that along. 
No, that's a great question. I, I was the same way. I'm the oldest of four and my siblings, everyone joked. I, I never got in trouble. And it, <laughs> I didn't, I, I right. just, I, you know, For me, coach, I, it was never worth the risk. That right. Was, that was, <laughs> I, I was oldest and, 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 you know, I didn't want my dad mad at me or disappointed in me. Yes. I mean, I got good grades and I showed up on time and I, I was, I was that kid. And, and I, I did, I like your dog. I felt, I felt a little bit of, I don't know, cause I was first and I was, I setting the example for my little brothers and sister. And, but I think when you come and then when you see kids come to college, it, it is interesting because we have kids that have parents that were ultra strict and they get to college and they get a little freedom and it's like, Whoa, you know, you don't have to do everything the first weekend you're in college. <laughs> and then you have other kids that have, it, it's been a very loose environment and they need the structure. So yeah, we see it. Uh, we talk about it a lot. Um, there's a balance I think that you go through to not overwhelm them and suffocate them. And, you know, they, they need to learn, they need to grow, they need to make mistakes. And I tell, I tell our kids all the time, I'm like, you guys, I'm probably the dumbest person in the building, but I'm the oldest and, <laughs> and I have some life experiences and we're really big here on choices. You know, life is about the choices that we make and why do we make them? When did we make them? What's the result? What, you know, what was that about? And, um, you know, we all make mistakes and things don't go right, but we do spend a lot of time. Um, and I think our staff does as well with just trying to connect with kids. You, you, you try and learn as much as you can through the recruiting process, but every kid's different when they come to college. And that's the big piece of it is how do they adjust to the freedom um, that, that they have and, and, the, and the pressure they have as a scholarship student athlete at a fairly high profile program. Yeah. So if we were to, if we were to talk to some of your former players, uh, how do you think they would describe you? Um, I think they would probably say I was very intense. Uh, I did not put up with anything, but people's best effort. I think they'll say I was fair. Um, and I think they would say, uh, I loved everything about the job and hopefully, uh, they feel like when they are moms and business people and whatever, that they could always come to me now and I'd help them out. But, uh, you know, I think every kid views it differently. Um, I've had kids that handled tough coaching really, really well. And I had kids that, you know, did. And so you just have to learn that over time. But I think they would say for the most part, you know, he was fair and he cared about me, not just as a basketball player, but as a human being. And uh, hopefully that's the case. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> having in-laws is intimidating enough, but having, having that be uh your old basketball coach, I think has to be a whole other <laughs> level. I'm, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure. But I think that speaks volumes that, that uh, Lindsay did not run away uh, at all. So yeah. Billy's happy about that. So. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Um, well, uh, Chris, if you don't mind, I want to kind of talk about this upcoming season. We kind of teased it yeah, at the beginning. Absolutely. Uh, you know, Chris mentioned, uh, I think certainly, 
some pretty big expectations. Certainly a lot of success last year. Uh, a lot of fun to watch a ton of talent, a ton of returning talents. Uh, what, what can we look forward to this year? No, we, we do have a very talented team. Um, and I would say, uh, we are more talented than we were last year. Uh, we've added some key pieces. Um, our best three players are back. Uh, we do have a really tough schedule, so we'll be tested really early. We did that on purpose. Most of those games, most, we have five games in the preseason that, that are really, really hard games. They're on the road. And we did that by design. Uh, we want to challenge our kids. Um, but the one thing I told our players is it's not like a light switch. Um, we can't just say, hey, we were good at the end of last year and it continues. Uh, you see it all the time in sports. Uh, you know, you got to keep doing the work. Uh, you know, I, I read a, a really good article by John Feinstein, a uh, very good writer, writes a lot about college sports. And he said, to be honest, my first best-selling book was really easy. Um, after that, it got hard because every book needs to be a bestseller. Every book needs to be better than the one before. And so I, I think that what we're doing this year is letting them embrace it. Um, you know, the, the pressure on the outside is real. It's a good thing. Um, but our job is to, to do what we control inside the building and, and with ourselves. And um, I would say we're going to be a better team. I don't know that our record will be as good, but I think we do have a chance to be a really good team. It'll be a fun team to watch. Um, and it's a, a team that's very, very connected. So I'm anxious to, to get it going and see, you know, kind of see what we can do. And, and, and hopefully, uh, you know, we stay healthy. Everyone talks about that. You, know, you got to stay healthy. But other than that, we, we, we have no excuses on why we can't do some really special things. Well, a lot of people were talking about expectations or whatever. Do you talk about those to your team or do you – not talk about this thing. I, I, I was always been curious of whether or not you embrace that or do you maybe try to keep it off to the side and keep them focused just on a regular, on a regular uh, season. We talk about it. Uh, we talked about it at our very first meeting. Um, our kids are smart. They, they read Twitter. Um, <laughs> they're, they're on Instagram. Uh, they're on TikTok. They're on whatever was invented today that I don't know about yet. Uh, <laughs> So it's, it's, it's no, there's no reason to try and hide it. Now we're not consumed by it. And, but I mean, it, it's, and I tell them like you, the alternative is, is people think you're going to stink and that's not good. So let's embrace it. Let's go play. Um, and we should be, I mean, we, we have our three best players back and uh, we've added, you know, some really good players. And um, so I think our kids are mature enough. Now we have had teams, um in the past that maybe we would have tried to deflect it because I didn't think they could they they didn't have the mental maturity probably this group does uh, uh to a very high level so we don't shy away from it you know it's not like you know we talk about it every single day but the expectations are there they know it and uh I think they've embraced it and they're excited about you know, what we need to do to, to fulfill those. 
I appreciate you saying that about how different teams kind of have a different personality. I think one of the the tricks of of being a leader, whether that's a manager or a coach, is finding your balance between being consistent and still treating teams or individuals as individuals and finding what works over here doesn't work over here or what, what did work doesn't work over here, but still make sure that expectations are consistent and clear. And I think sometimes that that balance can be tricky. So, you know, what does that process look like for you to kind of figure out that team's personality? Yeah, no, that's a great question. Cause you're right. I mean, it, it, what I tell our, our group is, you know, a team is not a bunch of people that show up at the same time wearing the same color shirt. That's not a team. So what we try and do is what am I doing to, to help the group? How do I make things better? And then as coaching staff, you're always trying to identify the kids that need, you know, a text message after practice that, Hey, I know you didn't go well today. Um, tomorrow will be better. We're good. We got your back. Don't worry about it. Um, we got other kids that you can challenge them a little bit because they want to be challenged. Uh, especially early in the year. My big thing is you guys play and I'll worry. That's what I tell them. I, I worry better than that might be in my number one skill set. I, <laughs> I worry about everything. So I just say, let's go play. Let's, let's, let's figure it out, you know, show up, be enthusiastic, show some effort. You control that. Um, don't make excuses for stuff, uh, but but go about your business the right way. And then we identify individual people. Um, I have a lot of individual meetings. Um, and, and, and then you really do get the pulse of your kids. Uh, uh, and, and I think that just takes time. And it's, it's not the same. And every kid's not the same every year. I mean, kids grow too. So like things that we did with, Emily Ryan is a freshman you can't do or want to do or can do with Emily Ryan as a junior. Um, and then you see them as seniors and they're like, now they're experienced, but they have, do they have one foot out the door? Cause they're going to go get a job and go do whatever. So you got to manage the personalities, but Fred Hoiberg told me one time when he was with the bulls and obviously it's professional. And now with NIL, I guess returning sort of professional. Um, it's like coaching 12 corporations mm. at the same time. Mm. And each one of them is a little bit different. And they all want their own thing. But how does your own thing translate to success of the group? And when the group is successful, then your little corporation is going to be better. So you just, it's a, there's a lot of give and take and, uh, Hopefully you find the right kind of kids that embrace that. So, I mean, you mentioned NIL, you mentioned Twitter, you'd mentioned text messaging. You've seen a lot of changes happen uh, over your 28 years at Iowa State. What do you think is maybe the biggest change you've seen uh, in regards to, to college athletics and specifically women's basketball? Uh, I don't think there's any question. It's the social media component. Um and the things that young people are exposed to, um, and especially young, not especially, but to a larger percentage, young females. Um, I mean, most universities, we do, we have a full-time mental health person on our athletic department staff. That's where we've gotten to. Um, people are viewed like, how many likes did I get? How many, and, and that's a really, that's a real thing. That's. Mm -hmm. It's not made up. 
Um, um, you know, I, I, I think there are, I've had players that were really good players for me that, that will tell you that if Twitter existed when they played, they never would have made it. Um, um, and I think some of the stuff, the, the, the Twitter stuff that, that it becomes an issue is when it gets personal. Right. Um, that's a problem. Uh, if it's like, you know, I don't like that you call this play or whatever, or, you know, but when it gets personal, I think young people really struggle with that and they should. Um, but there's no question that that, um, I mean, talk radio, uh, podcasts, like there's so much information and there's so many opinions that young people have to decipher. Um, and it's a, it's a, it's a big deal now. And, and I can't, you know, football, men's basketball is 10 times what our kids go through. Um, but it's real. And we, we, we try and deal with it head on. We, we bring people in to talk to our team about using it and, uh, how you manage social media. It can be a benefit for you, but you got to do it right. Well, uh, coach, we do have uh, every week a sponsored question brought to you by Kyle Amon and Wintrust Mortgage, one of our sponsors. So, Chris, why don't you go ahead and ask our sponsored question for the week? Are you in the market for a new house and unsure of the mortgage process? Want to know that you have someone looking out for you? Kyle Lehman from Wintrust Mortgage is a down-to-earth, knowledgeable lender who can be there for you in your corner. He can work with you in any of the 50 states and is just what you need to expand your home search. Kyle will work with you through the entire process with little to no work from you. Take the worry of the mortgage process out of the equation so that you can focus on looking for your dream home. Contact Kyle at www.wintrust.com forward slash Kyle dash Lehman or call him at 515-473-0546. Okay. Uh, this is usually <clears throat> kind of a stumper for some people, but um, I think I think you'll pass just fine, coach. <laughs> um, you've seen a lot. We've talked a lot uh, about what's what's changed or whatever, but 2022 bill Fennelly, he goes back in time and can talk to 2012 bill Fennelly, maybe even 2002 since you've been there so long <clears throat> what what piece of advice would you go back and, and whether it's professional personal what piece of advice would you go back and give yourself 10 15 years ago i would say probably uh for me it was enjoy it more um uh, embrace the good stuff. Uh, don't worry about the negative stuff that people may say. <clears throat> uh, I was, when I was growing up, the, the wins were fine. The losses killed me. Um, uh, that, that was a big thing that I needed to get over. Um, I, I think, you know, that part of it. Uh, and I think the, the other thing would be probably, um, making sure that you did even more um, with your family as far as, you know, I think I, I made a lot of excuses for, I'm just, I'm just busy. I got to work. I got to work. I got to recruit. I got to. Um, and, and, and I think that that stuff 
Um, I did work hard. I still do work hard. I'm proud of that. But I do, I do think there's my balance was was not what it should have been. Um, I'm lucky that um, my wife is who she is, best recruiter I ever I ever got. Um, and I cheated to get her. I did. I bought. I paid for stuff. I did whatever I could. Um, and, and being a coach's significant other, you gotta, you gotta, you're on the fast pass to heaven, man. I'm telling you. <laughs> but, but she, but she, she hung in there and did did some things that that a lot of people wouldn't do. And and we just had our 40th wedding anniversary. But, um, but I've been really lucky. I, I. People always say, you know, do you play the lottery? Do you whatever? I'm like, I, I, I hit the lottery with my job, my family, um, where I work, where I live. So, but I, I do think I, I didn't enjoy it probably because now people are always like, like you still have, my wife says, do you still have fun? Do you like it? And, and I do think that's something that I would tell my younger self. I don't think I probably would have listened. But <laughs> as stubborn as I was, but um, so you're just like every other young kid, you would just you won't listen to the and I and I would say because the other thing was I would I would say uh, and I'm be- much better now, delegate. Like be let people that you work with do their job, don't micromanage it. Um I'm I'm so much better at that now than I used to be, but um and I think that that was not a good thing. Um, I, w- I would definitely err on that side too. So is Billy listening to this and saying finally, or is he saying tomorrow, tomorrow, I'm probably going to get a text message here in about two minutes. Like, where, 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 where did this come from? What? It'll come up in a snap ring tomorrow. My whole right. staff will be like, what's going on? <laughs> I love it. Well, uh, coach, we don't want to take up too much more of your time. You are certainly great. Thank uh, you. A, a busy man. We do hope that we, you know, get a chance to see you around the tailgate lots and, and uh, look forward to it, please. Yeah. We, oh, we look- uh, we're in the cheap lots clear. We're, we're in the public lots. So hey, I tried to, I tried to finagle a good spot out of Jamie when he was on, but he didn't, he didn't want to get me. <laughs> Actually, I just wanted a direct link to buy one online, so I didn't have to wait online. Yeah, that's that, all I wanted. I, I tell you, that was the one th- one thing I I remember when Gene Smith was my AD. He's now at Ohio State. Mm-hmm. He he's the guy that hired me. He said, "You know, you're doing well when the the complaints and the calls you get are about parking." Right. <laughs> yes. he, says, he says, "You know, you're doing. You know, you're heading in the right direction when people are." bitching and complaining or one parking. So there you go. Hopefully Absolutely. we're at that stage, man. Absolutely. Excellent. Sure. Well, thank Coach, you guys. Yeah. We look forward to uh, this coming basketball season and we, we wish you uh, nothing but great success. Thank you. Appreciate your time. Go yeah, cycle. Appreciate yours. Go cycle. Go Thanks coach. Thanks coach. Well, Chris, that was pretty fantastic. I think that was probably just about everything that I expected uh but more than i could have asked for honestly he's got more energy than than most guys we've we've met or talked to i mean that that was great he very passionate and i and you can see you know his renewed just the basketball team where it's at is i think has him like a fountain of youth to be honest with you yeah well i mean it's 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 fun to see again uh three athletic directors, probably five presidents, seven men's basketball coaches. And he's, he's gone through it 
all he's seen just about every change you could possibly think of uh and and he's still coach finally right i, I mean he yeah. he is like i said i from what anyone has ever told me that's kind of what i expected from him so very grateful that that he could come on yeah and, and very accommodating i mean he emailed me back within probably five minutes and said when tell me when so uh and you know when you get compliments about him like from coach mccarney who said you know the only statue that should be built any any time further should be of coach Fennelly. oh yeah and then and then jamie talks about how you know he's told him several times that if he retires, he needs to let him know ahead of time so that Jamie can retire first because he doesn't want to have to be the one that has to replace <laughs> Coach Fennelly. I mean, those those are those are two pretty bring big strong statements. They they absolutely are. I I think neither of us have been shy about our praise of what he has meant to to Iowa State athletics. And I think um I don't think there's a coach there that that uh wouldn't tell you uh his importance there. Well, you know, and I say elder statesman, uh you know, like he said, it, it sounds like it's code for old, but to me, what that really means is he, he's a consistent presence in that yeah. athletic department. And I think everyone, when they're looking for guidance, he's probably one of the first people they go to. As he, as he should be. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Yeah. Well, folks, we want to thank you for, for uh, listening to another episode of Old Man Strength. We have some really exciting things going on at Three Beards Media, some brand new podcasts. If you have not yet listened to Fill in the Blank Pod with Anya. <laughs> so good. Uh, a friend of mine, Anya, decided that she has some things that she needs to talk about. And it, it, she's uh, not shy on opinions, but she is a lot more eloquent with her words than I think either Chris or I. So please go ahead and, and take a look. She'll cover a little anything from pop culture to sports to complaining about Gonzaga. Uh, well, she, won't. <laughs> she doesn't ever complain. She, they do no wrong. Um, we also have uh, the sigh of the storm. Is that what it's called here, Chris? That's right. Sigh of the storm, uh, George Trice, Marcus Pfizer, Brent Kerbe. Uh, they just uh, launched their first teaser episode this week, and that'll be a weekly podcast. So, and they are hilarious. <laughs> the teaser I mean, was fantastic. It, it Those was. guys, yeah, yeah. I, I, uh, anytime you get uh, Curve going, uh, that guy's got such a great sense of humor and one of the best laughs. But uh, yeah, that's going to be a Cyclone Sports reaction and preview show. Uh, they've mentioned, you know, certainly with with big play and and with with what did he want to be called Pfizer the energizer Pfizer the energizer <laughs> that's right there you go marcus i'm gonna make it a thing one way or another here's um, the thing is i was pretty sure marcus was just going to do basketball but i think he's going to be in on the football as oh, well he, he yeah he, he absolutely yeah. he absolutely is going to be so yeah i think that's great i, I think uh, that'll be a good perspective and they said you know they're going to try to to start getting in, in some other former athletes are certainly a lot more connected to other athletes than we are. So that's right. Uh, please go ahead and take, take a listen on that one as well as better units and, you know, some more things in the works. Uh, Chris, anything else you want to tell our listeners about, you know, just go check out uh, Revelton uh, distilling company down in Osceola. We're going to have that launch party uh, this Friday. So hopefully this will be out before then. So if you hear it before this Friday and you want to join us down 
in Osceola, 1400 West Clay Street. Uh, it'll be at 6.30 p.m. Uh, otherwise, um, you know, Kyle uh, is doing phenomenal jobs. He can now do commercial property uh, mortgages as well. So look up Kyle Lehman at Wintrust Mortgage as well. So investment properties as well. So, yep. And I will, I, I did just buy a car this evening. So look at you. So as, assuming that I did not buy a lemon, I should be down in Osceola on Friday. So uh, very excited about that. It's been a, a two week, three week I'm process. Just, I'm just excited to make fun of Aaron in person. <laughs> it is it is a whole lot better so, yeah, so please go ahead and check us out uh listeners we thank you so much more things to come so so stick with us uh but this has been old man strength and we will see you guys next time <laughs>